Well, most times these stories write themselves. You know, things start off and you think they're gonna be one thing, but a lot of times they end up being another. When the last opportunity you get for somebody to do a story on you to say the spotlight is growing dim on Clark, you think it's kinda over. Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favorite. Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, and never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB precision, television, ain't asked for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me. Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just watch me go to work. And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First. What up, y'all? Back on Face First. I'm with my homeboy, Johnny Smith. And it's not just my homeboy. It's somebody that does something special. Somebody that does something that's new to me. And when we were setting up, I was like, oh, I'm going to this MMA gym. You know, I know they're going to have a cage, and I've watched all the UFC 24-7s and everything they do count down to the fights. I don't know if they ever fight in an aluminum shed, man. Tell us a little bit about where we are. Yeah, so we're in uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi at Graham MMA. Um, it's just a, you know, homegrown gym. Uh, my coach, Eric, you know, he put it together for all of us, and, you know, he, he really sacrificed a lot to make this for everybody. And um, So he fights too, though. He used to. Well, okay. Uh, he, there's a couple of things that like, may be popping up. <laughs> we'll see. He's never, he's never gonna. He's never out of it. Right. But we'll see. There's some stuff maybe he might. Do. Right. And so, when when you get here, when you when you get to Hattiesburg and you start you start training here, it's because you came out here because you train football players, right? And you yeah. train athletes, mm. and you've done that throughout your adult life. And I actually met you. That way, you know, here I am being the great coach that I am. You know, we hired this new guy at the time, bro. You didn't look like this. You weren't as lean. You didn't really look as in shape. Right. I'm and so I am trying to implore you no. to do your job. I wasn't asking you to do a lot. Right. Now, now, I will say this. Part of it was that you had got hired. I'm a partner and I didn't even know who you were. No. That was probably part of it. No. And so I was kind of trying to test you. And so things are going crazy. I had the little doctor guy who told me, don't you talk to me like that. I'm a doctor, right? So he's already pissed me off. And so I'm like screaming at you and I see you kind of looking at me, bro. And you have this look in your eye. And normally like when people meet me and I'm, and I'm in, that, in that like atmosphere and I'm acting that way, that look is normally like, man, this dude's crazy. <laughs> but I later found out that it's because you're crazy. So tell me kind of about that meeting, man, and what you really thought of me that day, because you know I had to have meetings about you and stuff, about the way I handled uh, employees. Yeah, <laughs> so the first day me and RC met, um, so I worked for Traction, and I was in Baton Rouge for, you know, the month learning the ropes of everything, and I can, after looking back at it, I was like, man, okay, I probably should have went up and introduced myself first, been like, hey, I'm Shadow, and I'm watching what you're doing. Right, right. Um, let me know if you need anything. <laughs> but me, I was kind of like talking to this. I got sidetracked talking to this doctor. Like this doctor was, this orthopedic was just watching. Right, right. And uh, next thing you know, I'm kind of just like seeing what's going on, <laughs> trying to like not touch, step on anybody's toe. Right. And then RC is just like, hey, man, you're going to be here, you're going to work. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of, I was like, is he talking to me? <laughs> I had no idea. Right. And uh, I mean, I just knew you from like ESPN and stuff. Right. 
it was just, it caught me so off guard, man. Yeah, like, so, so afterwards, right? So, you know, Eddie, Matt, you know, those are Ryan Terrio, like all those guys are my partners. Mm, uh, and they do an amazing job. They've done an amazing job with traction. You've done an amazing job at Hattiesburg. So they called me upstairs because I'm way different than everybody we work with. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like most times, like I'm just chill, laughing, having fun. But like when it comes to that training, like I'm super intense and, I don't, and like they're different than me. You know, so they called me upstairs, man. And it was like, yeah, you know, Johnny just had never been through anything like that. And this and, that. and I was like, I could see that like yeah. that. You know, in a sense of like how it feels, it's maybe kind of unprofessional, but like in a weight room, weight rooms feel like locker rooms to me yeah, yeah. And, and grass to me, you know what I'm saying? And so I probably found out like shortly after though, that you had fought before, you know what I'm saying? And I remember going upstairs like, man, y'all was talking to me like this dude was scared. I was like, he wasn't freaking scared. I was like, he was probably like an inch from trying to take my life. I was like, don't y'all ever tell me anybody came up here scared before. But in thinking about like training, right? Because I met you training. And, and then now actually fighting in MMA, about to make your pro debut. How do those two things work? Because like the way people see it, right? We see the glitz and the glamour. Like I see, you know, Conor McGregor and all these tight freaking suits that I see, you know, Kamaru Usman standing in the middle of, 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 of Times Square ready to fight at Madison Square Garden. But like, it's really a grind to even get to that point and most people don't make it. So what's the, what's the process or how hard is it to have a regular job and try to do this? Um, it's a little complex. My situation is a little different, obviously. Like, um, I fought... I've moved a couple times. I lived in Texas, lived in Colorado, and then I moved back here to be the head guy to run the business. Right. And when I first got here, I put my career first, like my uh, You're talking about professional, professional career, career. Okay. first okay. before fighting. And I never thought I was going to fight again when I moved back to Mississippi after I left. So yeah, so you took a break, though, before you came back here. Like, you weren't fighting. I took two breaks. Okay. I did four fights originally whenever I was in college here at Southern Miss, mm-hmm. left to go to Texas. It was a two-year break. I was barely training. I was training maybe once a week, maybe right. once a month sometimes. So my eight-year training history really right. isn't eight years, but that's everybody. So what, what started you fighting? Were you like at, the, at a bar one night at, at Southern Miss and a dude tried you and you like flipped him up and down, you know what I'm saying? You took his back, flattened him out and got a real naked choke and you was like, oh wait, I should do MMA? Or, like, did you kind of, like, do other things that led you, other principles that led you to that? No. Um, I'm by far, by far not an aggressive person. Um, well, I'm aggressive in some things, but. Right. So, I was actually a college soccer player. I don't okay. know if you knew that or not. I played soccer. I know now. I played soccer for two years. <laughs> so, whenever I went from being, you know, a soccer player to, hey, I'm going to fight MMA. Right. You can only imagine the reactions from my friends. Right. And now, I mean. I'd have told you you were stupid. Yeah. I mean, they sure. still tell me that. And right. But now it's everybody wants to come to the fights. They want to come watch. You know, they're wondering what I'm doing. Right. You know, seeing the training footage and stuff like that. But at first, I mean, they're like, dude, you've never been in a fight in your life. Right. Like, what sure. are you talking about? Right. Um, and so I, I, the more I look back on my, like, high school athletics and college athletics, I just didn't have really any confidence in myself, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't think I had confidence in this until, like, my last two fights. Okay. And so I started doing jiu-jitsu and stuff like that. Really is a confidence thing and to stay in shape. I'm never going to be the guy that works till five, 
goes to Planet Fitness and lifts and goes home. I'm always going to be doing something. Okay. It has to be something that I'm growing into. So when you say, though, like from when you talk about a confidence thing, it, was, it wasn't confidence in the sense that you felt like, that you, that, did you feel like you were too nice or, or like, or you were too soft and it's like, okay, let me start doing something to challenge myself to, to toughen up. Or you just felt like, you know what, man, this would be something good just to make me feel better about myself. A mix of both. Okay. For sure. Um, you know, there was a couple instances where I was, I was a little soft and I was definitely soft in high school. Right. Like, I mean, I wasn't soft. This. I played, you know, I was football, baseball, and soccer, played sports all the time. So I wasn't like just like a super soft guy, but I definitely wasn't, wasn't like whenever I almost, I almost fighting. like you just like, you know what? A little passive. Maybe. I was definitely passive. Okay. Sure. I was always a joke kid. Like, right. I was a kid that there's 25 people in the class. I was over there by myself. Okay. Um, I was always joking and stuff like that. And just never aggressive, never fighting, never did anything like that. Right. I was the quarterback and I kicked. So I wasn't. I <laughs> the wasn't quarterback that kicked, right. I wasn't out there busting heads. Right, know? right. Um, yeah, it was, that's why whenever I told everybody I was going to start fighting, they were like. So what was that first fight like then? Like the first, like the first actual time you, you get in the cage and you stand in the cross with somebody. Because listen, I've trained. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I've did jujitsu, I've done Kimpo, you know? And like, as long as I'm hitting the mitts, I'm a bad dude. Like for real. Like I feel like in a mitt hitting competition amongst my friends, I'm number one and it's not even close. You know, Troy may have me in grappling, you know? But to stand across from another man who's, who's trying to end you, right? Who's trying to, to win a fight. That first fight, did it kind of click to you? Like, oh, hell, like I'm in here and I got to do this. Mm. There's one, one thing everybody says about the first fight. You can train as much as you want. You can be as good as you want. Your first fight is going to be completely instinct. Okay. No matter what. Um, I was fighting this a really athletic dude. And honestly, if you would have saw us on the street, you're like, he's going to kill him. Right. And I well, went out there and I was... Scared chillers. I don't know if I can cuss. You, you cuss, you say whatever you okay. want, man. I was scared to death. And we got in the cage, and I'm like, all right, so I'm either get knocked out or I'm going to win this thing. I don't know right. He threw the hardest overhand, cracked me. I ended up getting into the ground and choked him out in a minute and a half, and it was the biggest high I've ever had in my life. And then I, I was hooked from there. So what did so you think, though, when he cracked you? I mean, he hit did, did he drop you? Or? Like, get it to the floor now. Okay, <laughs> right. Do not stand with this guy anymore. <laughs> Right. And so I just, we ended up clinching, got him to the ground, and I ended up with him in my guard. And that's, you know, for the people yep. in my legs, inside my legs. Right. And, uh, you know, he was trying to rain some punches down, and I was like, okay, well, this is an even worse spot. Like, right. get him on his back. So I swept him, got him on his back, mounted, and uh, eventually, you know, we were talking with Eric earlier about how influential is a good corner. Right. You know, there's the corners that are screaming effort, and like, do this, do that. But they're not giving you the steps of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that, this is a good example. In that fight, when someone has you mounted, you grab a hold of them, you put your head close to their head. Mm-hmm. Fight. That's not the best thing to do, but it's right. one of the options that I get killed. Um, and you're trying to figure out how am I going to hit this guy not in the back of the head when his head's right here. Right. And first I said, there's like, all right, cross face, push his head down, punch. Mm-hmm. And that's the steps of exactly what you're supposed to do. I did that. He rolled over and I choked him. And I mean, it was just like, perfect. Yeah, see, like, I, you know, Football, football works for me that way. Now, the, the other thing about football, though, is like people can't be on the field with you. True. Right? So you kind of just revert to whatever training, mm. to whatever practice you have. Also, people aren't punching you in the face. True. 
or trying to rain down punches on you or, or do these different things. And you talk about, you know, being a quarterback and a kicker, right? When I think of quarterback and kickers, if I was picking positions that will ultimately become MMA fighters, yeah. one of them, for sure, kicker, for sure, I'm not thinking it. And quarterback, I'm like, oh, no, nah, this dude's a pretty boy who, you know, who, who loves to, to be the star. Like, he's not going to want to get punched in the face. And so you start on this journey, you, you fight four fights. Did you stop because you didn't like fighting anymore? Just because you, you, you couldn't fight anymore, you couldn't train, you had to move? What made you stop after four fights? So I went to my internship uh, out in Dallas, Texas for uh, strength conditioning. Mm-hmm. And my mother always wanted me to quit. Like she always, after, I mean, she's always supported me, but after every fight, she's like, is this the last one? Is this the last one? Right. And uh, so I was like, all right, I need to get my career out of the way. I need to do all this. And so when I went to Texas, I was like, all right, this is done. Did my last fight. Right. And, uh, and this was all amateur stuff. And does she, not, does she come to the fight? She's at every fight. Well, that's cool, though. Because like, she supports like, me. For I, sure. I, I definitely feel like when I'm watching these fights, like you look at uh, Glover Teixeira's family, or you can think of, like, I think, honestly, you always think of Dustin and Connor, like the contrast, like kind of in between the families or Max Holloway always putting his son in the octagon after the fight. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to watch somebody I loved do that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, because your, your mind can equate it to this is a job, right? This is a sport. Like your mind can do that, but your heart can't. Like my heart couldn't do it. You know, like if, if it's my homeboy or somebody I love and you get clipped with one, yeah. you know, my thought would be I want to go help him. Then I remember, well, if he just clipped my homeboy who actually trains, I probably can't win that fight either. You know what I mean? So when... When you think about that transition into fighting, right, then taking the break, what brings you back to it, though? Like, you know, like, is, is it just the love for it? Or, 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 or do you think about the high of the first fight of getting clipped, getting dude swept, getting them rolled over, and choking them out? The high is if it's something that is not replicated. Like, if it could be put in a bottle, like, it'd be the most sold drug in the world. Right. Um, there's just an obsession for it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm 28 years old. I have a great career. Like, I have a great job. Right. I still, like, cannot stop training. I cannot stop fighting. And I, and I wasn't, like, a big whore. I didn't train hard back then, but I was training. Like, it's, there's a saying in jiu-jitsu, it's not who's, it's not who's good, it's who's left. Mm-hmm. The black belts weren't always the best people. Like, I have friends that smashed me a year ago, and they were... They could have been killers. Right. They're not doing it anymore. Right. So it's like, who is going to keep going? Like, love and share. Yeah, for He's sure. One at 42. Like, I mean, it's who's left. It's not always who's the best. And I don't know. Something about it has always drawn me back to it. And All right. So, like, you have a, a, unique, a unique perspective by being a trainer of seeing, like, these incredible athletes, right? Like, you, you, you train guys that play professional football. You train guys that's played professional baseball and I think that when I look at fighting now uh, I see like the difference in fighters right John Jones was obviously you know he's a great wrestler he's a great fighter but he was extremely athletic you know you look at a guy like Israel Adesanya he's athletic George St. Pierre who's one of the greatest fighters of all time just went into the hall of fame I I follow like dudes he's just back flipping for no he's old now he's just back flipping for no reason uh, was constantly in shape, like all of these different level athletes. Do you feel like that's where the fight game is going? And if it's, if it, and if it's going that way, do you take anything from training 
to implement into it, like training athletes to implement into what you do to help you kind of bridge that gap or, or kind of close that gap between dudes who have done other things athletically that you haven't, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I guess too, though. That's a dumb question, though, because I forgot. You were this college soccer player. Like, like do, you, do you think that helps you in fighting? Surprisingly, Khalid, there's a bunch of soccer players. Like Jose Aldo. Yep. Conor McGregor was a soccer player. Yep. Um, some of the people with the hardest kicks in the game mm-hmm. were soccer players. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a weapon that you're... Is that a large part of, is that a large part of your game? You, be. Because you just be. said, I got to get it to the ground. Used to be. Um, I'm pretty... I throw some more kicks. I've changed my style multiple times. I'm just trying to like tweak up what's the best option. But now that calf kicks are becoming such a big portion of fighting, right. and I've thought about like really going back to it more and more right. and more, because you, you can end a fight with calf kicks. Right. You can completely just shut down your perennial nerve, and you're not going to be able to walk. Right. It's kind of like a cheat code if you're good at it. It's like Francis's knockout punch. If you Absolutely. can shut somebody's leg down, you can shut somebody's leg down. So have you ever been knocked out? I've never been knocked out. I got knocked out in a soccer game one time. Soccer game, okay. Not with a punch, though. Okay, you've been submitted. I've been submitted once in a fight, yeah. Tell me about that. What's okay. that like? So that was my, the only fight I took in Texas. So my four-year, five-year layoff, the only fight I took in between there. I fought, got to fight for LFA, which is one of the promotions that's like the cusp into the UFC. Okay. Now, it was an amateur fight, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. But it was cool to be able to fight in front of some of those guys, like a bunch of those guys that are Fought on that card or now in the UFC. Right. So it's, it's, it's cool to just be in that, oh, in that arena, on that card. experience it. Right. Um, so we were having, and this is another thing when you have to have a good corner and confidence level is a huge thing. I was fighting this guy and he, like I said, we were talking about earlier, I always fight southpaws that are 6'3". Right, right. There's every time. <laughs> and I'm worried about my height. I'm 5'10", but I'm always fighting taller dudes. Right. And so you fight at 170. 170. This, right. this is the only fight I took at 155. Okay. And, and the dude was 6'2"? Yeah. He had to be, he had to be skinny as a rail, though. Tallest dude ever fought. Doesn't matter. They still hit hard. <laughs> um, first round going in, I go into the punch, and he cracks me with a jab and almost swells my eyes shut. I get to, we get it to the ground. My whole fight plan was to stand with this guy. Even though he was taller, I felt like I could just outstrike him. Got it to the ground. Almost got an arm bar in the first. You almost got an arm bar. I did. Okay. And I was like, if multiple times I've looked back, I'm like, I should just went belly down. Belly down, I would have won that fight. And I broke my hand in the second round. Okay. So that's whenever I was like, man, that's why I wish. Like, if I would have got that on bar in the first round, not with my hand. But that's why you got to put them out when you got a shot, though. Yes. But I would still be poor. I don't know where I would be in my life if I would have won that fight and not broke my hand. Because you think you would have kept fighting? I would have stayed there and kept fighting. Okay. Um, Because when I broke my hand, I got the opportunity to go to Texas. But to Colorado. But I broke my hand in the second. And this is the thing where some people break their hand in fights or something goes bad and the fight's not going their way and they shut down. Okay. And then you see who's going to keep fighting. So you was like Tom Hardy and Warrior when... I would say it was that hard. Okay, because that was hard. Like yeah. his whole shoulder got torn and yeah. he still fought. But I went into the third round to fight. I, was like, I got a broke hand. I knew I had a broke hand. I was trying to tell my corner I had a broke hand without telling like Be a lot. ringside docs and all right. that. So I go into the third and I throw one punch, and I'm like, okay, this hurts. Right. <laughs> like, I knew it hurts. I was like, all right, let's take him to the ground. Took him to the ground. I was in the ideal position. I was in side control. And these long-arm guys can hit you from anywhere. 
And so he did this, like a very interesting move, spun out, caught me in a door, and I that's I choked. Right. Yeah. I mean I tapped, but it was nice. Come on, man, you gotta let him put you all the way out, man. Uh, like like you didn't see uh Hamzat and uh and Leech, like he just went out, like he didn't tap, he was tough. You know, Justin Gaethje, you could beat him Morgan Metal. Just very tough. True. Like if you want to get to that level, man, going to sleep yeah, is an essential part of of what makes these dudes true champions. No, I'm, I'm actually lying. I would tap, like, as soon as I got put in, in any hold, uh, I'm freaking out of there. And so when you look at, you know, I mentioned some of, those, some of those UFC guys, right? When you think about what really got you into, into MMA, like, sometimes it could be, like, experiences you had, but we text about it all the time. Like, you're like a real-life junkie, and you're kind of a nerd in real life, too. So... You know, you pay attention to a lot of these things. You t- what, what fight got you into really loving this game? Now, like, not your fight, but what fight do you look at? And it's like, man, you know, when I think of what I believe MMA to be, which fight would you point to as kind of like your pinnacle of it all? So the one that I was just like, okay, this is, all right, this is it, was the first and everybody's going to hate this answer. The first Wadman Silva fight. Everybody's going to hate this answer. That's the... That know, might, that know, might be... That, that might be... That might be in all due respect. Might be the worst answer. The worst answer you could have possibly come up with. Anderson Silva won. And at the time, Anderson Silva is unbeatable. Like, he's, he's untouchable almost. Right? And here's what I hated, hated about that fight. When you listen to, like, I think Rashad Evans was doing commentary then if you listen to all the people picking they were picking Weidman right and I can be honest like at the time I wasn't even educated on him enough to to know that it was possible I knew he I knew he was a great wrestler right and I I knew at the time I think at the time he was like 10 and 1 or 10 on 1 or whatever it was and I was like okay yeah but this is Anderson Silva like I've seen him run backwards and jab Forrest Griffin and, and and put him out you know I've seen him you know, get dudes in the Muay Thai clinch and, and knee them to sleep. Like, I'm not worried about this. Mm-hmm. So for a dude like me who loved Anderson Silva, it's probably like the worst fight I've ever watched until I watched the second one. Yeah. So tell me what about that fight gets you? Is it, was it the anybody can win on any given night feeling, which is stupid because it's Anderson <laughs> Silva. You got to want him to win, Johnny. So it was the timing of me like getting into the sport kind of thing. The first UFC fight I ever watched was Chuck and Rampage. Okay. But the one that I was like, okay, this... Another one that broke my heart. Yeah, that one, that was bad. I was like 12 years old. <laughs> my dad literally woke me up just for that fight. Right. And, um, and then Rampage knocked him out. But yeah, it's the whole entire... And, and this can happen in football, and this can happen in other sports, like the whole little underdog story type stuff. Right. But it doesn't matter how good you are, fighting's gonna... Like, fighting is a... Like a ruthless love. Right. It doesn't matter how much you love it. It's a slap you in the face. Right. And that's just the same thing like with the Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Like, and anybody can win any fight. Now, is it going to happen? No, because no one ever beat Khabib. Right. But it can happen. You know what? But you mentioned, like you mentioned Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey, and I am by in no means an expert. But in watching the lead up to that, to that fight, Mm-hmm. That was the first time Ronda was fighting where I thought she could lose. Yeah. Like, to be honest, like, even with, you know, whether it was 
Liz Kormuch, Misha Tate, like all of those fights. I was like, I, I was like, Ronda's gonna win this fight. Mm. But Holly Holm, from a stylistic standpoint, and the way that Ronda was changing, right? Because she had got out of the, the grappling and the jiu-jitsu and the arm bars, and she was starting to stand up with people and win. And, and that's a little bit intoxicating, you know? So for, so for you, when you look at fighting, how important is it to stay consistent to who you are, right? Because like in football, it's the same thing. I always tell people, I need to know where I'm weak and where I'm strong for two reasons. I got to build my weaknesses, right? And I got to accentuate my strengths. Is it the same thing for you in fighting? Because I know you say you're still looking for a stop, right? You're still looking to get your skills to a point where you understand what you do. I could be wrong. I could be misspeaking. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right. So, so for you, how is it important is it that you are aware of what you are? Um, I think everybody... Some people get complacent, they get content on their level, and that's why you see them not get any better. Right. And a good example is Kamar Usman. Okay. He's at the pinnacle. He's at the peak. He's destroying everybody. Changes his whole camp, goes to Trevor Whitman. Right. And just molds into an even like, better athlete. And you have to always be at, and you don't have to just add stuff to your game. Like, I feel like all these guys are like trying to watch the Don Donahair video, John Donahair video, mm -hmm. and get this new. Reverse 50-50, backside 50-50. Mm. And I explained to one of my buddies, I'm like, hey, a 1-2 is a 1-2, and it can be thrown 10 different ways. Okay. And you saw Kamaru Usman beat Gilbert Burns with a jab. Yeah, for sure. And two, I, and, and one, I knew Gilbert was a smaller fighter, yeah. right? But if you watch the first round of that fight, Gilbert was, Gilbert was winning, right? Early on in the fight, at least it felt like to me, he was winning, and then you get that great equalizer. Or you think about Mike. Uh, you think about uh, Chandler Ol Oliveira, right? He's winning the first round handily. And and in my estimation, like when the and I don't know, you could tell me when the round finishes the way that that does. You know, I'm kind of thinking to myself, oh, okay, that that continues into the next round. What do you think? But but is, is that what happens? Like if you get dominated for five for five minutes, say you you're laying under dude for five minutes. When you're in the corner, are you thinking to yourself, I can switch this up? Or does it, does it start to seep into your mind? Like, hold on, this might not be my night. And I'm sure that's too what separates dudes. Yeah, no, that's what's ever, that's, it's people are momentum fighters and some people are fighters. And if things are going good, they're going to fight well. And then when some one thing goes bad, the fight's out of the way. If you get taken down and held down for five minutes and you go to the corner, you better be like, all right, well, I'm not going to take him down again. I'm going right. to beat this guy. Or I'm just going to not let him kill me. Right. It's two thoughts. I got that. And so I'm mad at you right now. One, because very, very disappointing answer <laughs> from you on the fight that got you. I, 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 I'm very, got it. very upset. I, I really thought you was going to give me something that really made me enjoy this conversation more. Right. And so Anderson Silva, to me, especially when I really got into it, like Chuck Liddell was like my first superstar. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You get to see, you know, whether it's Tito uh, the trilogy with Randy, Couture, I was like, okay, like this dude is cool. It also helped that I met him, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I met him, I met him at Houston's. He'd had a couple, mm -hmm. you know, and I asked him about that. I was like, yeah, bro, you know, you was hitting Tito from like all these angles. And so Chuck Liddell standing in front of me and he's going, but see, like all of them, I wasn't throwing hard. Some of them was like, pop, 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 right? But I was just feeling them. And he got these big old mitts, right? And he keep putting them like right here. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself like, if this dude hits me, like, 
like even just like taps me accidentally, I have to apologize for my face running into his fist. But that was like my first superstar. Then Anderson Silva became my guy. Who's the best MMA fighter of all time? You're like, who do you think is the GOAT? The GOAT MMA fighter of all time is George St. Pierre. To me. That is my opinion. Um, the greatest fighter of all time is Anderson Silva. That's two different things. So give me your top five fighters and why then. Because you just gave me two greats. Yeah. And what you, what you basically told me is like one's Aaron Rodgers and one's Tom Brady. Yeah. Right? Because like one's like his career and what he did and all of this stuff that went into it makes him the greatest. But I feel like this dude's the best. Yeah. Right. So I need your top five, but you got to tell me why. Cause see, I can tell you, you my top. I tell you my top five, but it's very fandom based. You got it. It's very who I enjoy to watch. Yeah. All right. So here, so what's um, your top five? GSP. Start at nope. Start at five because we know start GSP number one. I want to hit a because we know who number one is already. So I want to start at five. Okay, I might mess this up a little bit. Nah, I'm not. I'm gonna put DC at five. Okay. Okay. And I'm not putting him in there. You put him in there because he's on the Daniel. Show. Daniel, you made it. You know, you're on the show with me. You FaceTime with me before this all started. You made Johnny's top five now. He told me before we got on that you was like 11. And that's just what he said. But you complimented his haircut. And here we are. Shouldn't be on the top five because they dogged on my haircut. (laughs) Um, Number five, two division champ. He never lost a fight at heavyweight until Stipe. Yeah. And that's... He's 5'9", 5'10". Mm-hmm. Like, he's very, he's very short, robust man. And the only other guy I lost to was John. Yeah. And we can get on a contact, right. contest uh, over with John. But his resume speaks for itself, two-division champ. So you know what's crazy? Every time they show DC's resume and they show heavyweight, lightweight, uh, light heavyweight record, yeah. I'm actually astonished yeah. that he was that good. Like, I think his first fight was Frank Mir at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And in UFC, period. And he dominated Frank. So, I'll take him. All right, top five. I got, I got I DCF five. I'm telling you, I messed it up. I put it, he might have to be at six. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, all right. Okay, so, five B. Five B, we made in DC, DC does this all the time yeah. on DC and yeah. RC. It's sorry. five. Five A, five B. Five B, and made in Nunez. Okay, um, I get that. Yep. She has a couple controversial fights. She lost about, a few. Like some that she, she might. She lost four. What a, like, Shevchenko. Shevchenko. There's the split one decision. Of the fights was kind of close. Okay. Um, so we can't be kind of close in her though. She won, I bro. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, his record with everything. Um, the earlier part of her career, not as dominant. Right. But just something happened. She changed and just became this absolute killer. Yeah. Um, I'll put her at 5B. I will say this too. Cyborg was like the first female I was ever scared of. Yeah. Like that I had like a legit fear of. Mm-hmm. And so the first time I see Cyborg, do you remember when, uh, I want to get this last name right, I may mess it up, you can correct me, Gina Serrano, yeah. right? When she was fighting, right? And she was- Serrano, yeah. Serrano is, is, yeah, is her, so, so she's fighting. And like, that's when women kind of started to first, yeah. because of her, she was an attractive lady, right? She had like the backstory, all this stuff. Oh. And then she fought, fought Cyborg. Yeah. And it was the first time I ever seen her get punched and her think to herself, you know what? I probably shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And so Cyborg, like that was always etched in my mind that that's who she was. That the first woman who kind of truly became a star 
in MMA, had to fight Cyborg, and it totally changed my mind about women fighting. I was like, oh, holy crap, like, they can go, right? And so you see that was, I think Cyborg beat, uh, she beat Holly Holm too, I believe, at, at one point. And so when Amanda Nunes is fighting Cyborg, and my thought was, like, Amanda was going to come out and, like, kind of chill and not really, nah. She was like, we're going to throw, and we're going to throw toe-to-toe, and I'm going to outpunch you. And I, I thought that was, and to me, like, DC's always saying that other women can be, not always. He thinks Kayla Harris, Harrison can beat her, and I just can't see it because it's, it's just different. So, all right. So, 5A and 5B, I take, depending on who 4, 3, and 2 are. I shouldn't. I messed up one thing. Go ahead. Bro, you're worse at listing DC. No, no, I'm saying I messed that up. But Golly. Four is Anderson Silva. Okay. And people are going to question that. Why is he the greatest? And wait, tell me, how can he be? Wait, you said he was the greatest of the best. And I'm going to get to that. Four? So you're going to understand it when the list is over. This is a complex. I told you this was a complex question. Um, Anderson Silva, if he would have cut his career shorter, he'd be one or two. So... After Weidman, maybe. After the Weidman, and he went down, and he kind of tainted his career a little bit. He fought too many fights. Yeah. Um, he should have gave it up. Up until then, he would be the GOAT, no question in my opinion. Okay. But after the legacy and after just losing a couple of those fights and then the whole PED thing, right. that yeah. comes into my account of what it is. But no one finished fights, and no one was as electric as Daniel Silva. And that's why I say he's the greatest, but he's not the best. He's great. Like Muhammad Ali is the greatest boxer, but he's right. not the best boxer. Best boxer is Floyd Mayweather. Sorry. That's a very, people have an opinion on that. Yeah, you get what I'm saying there? Yeah, no, I get what you're yeah. saying. I mean, people are going to hate you, but I get what I like. That. I understand what you're saying. Fine with that. I, Floyd's the best I ever seen, and Muhammad Ali, historically, to it's, me, is the greatest and, and largest. He's the largest, the largest figure to have ever boxed. Mm. So hopefully we'll get to the point where you explain to me why your number one choice is the largest figure to have ever done MMA. Now we're on number three. Okay. Number three is Khabib. No way. I'm putting Khabib at three. Bro, he had like, what, three title defenses? I'm putting Khabib at three. Never popped. Only lost. Bro, first Arguably off, two rounds. You're, ever? you're, you're really going to have to stop talking about this PED thing, man. PED. Nah, you got some PED thing. It's about not getting, it's about having the intelligence to not be caught, not necessarily the integrity to not do it. You know, <laughs> like I can look at DC's body every day and see that he never did it. Right. And so, oh, shot a Mally Pop for PED. So that he don't look like he. <laughs> so, um, no, nah, I just like, if I'm going to put it together, the GOAT status, the GOAT okay. question, I, I got to throw that in. I got three. And so, is how much of Khabib's greatness is attributed to Connor, right? Because I think because Khabib gave, I mean, Connor gave Khabib a story. Connor did give Khabib a story. Connor gave him a story, right? And and I want to say one of the rounds he lost was to Connor. Yeah, there was one round lost, right? There and also, and and so DC said this about Khabib and Morgomedov, but in in reference to Connor, that. People don't actually respect Connor was really good. And obviously that was kind of the point where there's a lot of other stuff going on in life for him. The fact that it took four rounds for it could be in his prime and when he was really coming along to submit it. Mm. The fact that he did lose a round, he gives a lot of credit to, to Connor and saying, like, that's truly how great of a fighter he at least was. Right? Because if you if you hold Khabib in the high esteem, it seems like yeah. you do. 
three is way too high. Uh, you and DC are super alike. Like DC loves con like uh, Khabib. Yeah. Like DC, it's like his. I don't know. DC's like he wrote a letter to him the other day. He's like, I love you so much, and you know, I can't wait to our bump. You know, it just it was very it was really weird. You know, his type of love for him. And I can't believe like you're bringing that same type of love that you're gonna rank Khabib over Anderson Silva, bro. Uh, if Anderson would have stopped, he would be above Khabib. I feel like that. All right, number two, man. John Jones. John Jones is number two. That makes absolutely no sense. How? So you knocked Anderson Silva for, for getting pop. Yes. John. I, I knew that was going to happen, too. But this is my ranking skill. Remember that. This is my list. Not Listen, list. I, 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 do, I often do lists on TV, and I tell people, you can't critique my list because it's my list. Why? True. So why? So why John Jones? John Jones obviously got popped, takes some stuff away from him. Okay. But he has way more title defenses than could be. Way more. The record of opposition, if you look at his record of opposition, this matters. It's crazy. Is way, it's better than Khabib's. I agree. Okay. And that's what hurt Anderson. And put him down. So, just, you got to look at, like, who he fought, when he fought him. And there, he has some questionable fights. I think he lost to Tiago Santos. No. I do. And he didn't finish Tiago Santos with a bull completely blown out knee. Well, I will say this. He, now, you can't say that John Jones lost a killer instinct, but he definitely didn't go to finish fights He fights smarter, though. It's a longer career. That's what I'm saying. He, I mean, it matters. That yeah. matters. For so, sure. so, okay. What do you think of him at heavyweight, then? Is, can he beat a Cyril Gaon? Can, can, he, can he stand under a Francis Ngannou? I think a lot of people would talk about Stipe. I think he beat Stipe. Yeah, he beat Stipe. Uh, Francis yeah. has that nuke. Right. And... I think John beats both of them. I truly do. I think I think John is a still a better MMA fighter than Surreal Gone. I think Surreal Gone might be a better kickboxer. Right. That's about it. Um, but yeah, I think I think John beats probably both of them. I truly do. So in truth, he should be the greatest. You're your your number one fighter. Or is he we'll all of a sudden not we'll number one we'll because of P okay. No, and it's not because of PDs, man. Um GSP record of opposition is the best. It's higher than John's. It's higher than John's. Condit, Diaz, no, Hughes. Not who he fought. It's their record accumulative compared to John Jones's records. Did you get on the computer and look at everybody's records? No. Is that what there, you did? No. But there has been, there's no way I did that quick enough. Um, <laughs> so there was, a, there was something circulating a while back when they were comparing John Jones and GSP okay. to Beeb, and that did come out. Okay. Uh, but his record of opposition was the most. Only two losses that he lost. Matt Sarah. Matt Sarah and Matt Hughes. Bro, when be both. Bro, of them. you lose to Matt Sarah though. And Matt has, losing to Matt Sarah has to knock you down to number two at least. Because in truth, in truth, the only way you could be saying that John Jones isn't the greatest is if you are counting getting popped against him. It, no, no, it definitely accounts. Now I think if John Jones never got popped, he'd be number one. I just can't, I can't put a number one on my list. Because then he has two fights against DC that he wins. Yeah. Right? And he has what? Uh, Gustafsson. Uh, he has Shogun Rua. He has, did he have Rumble? No, he never fought Rumble. He never fought Rumble? You're going to hate what I'm about to say. What are you about to say? He has two belts. GSP has two belts. One was against Bisping. I understand that. But GSP has two belts. 
And men don't count. It helps a little. The fact that he just came out of, <laughs> he came from Canada backflipping and sitting in, in ice tubs and all that stuff. And now, he, no, that's fist that being. Helps. And I love, I, Mike, I love you. Like you popped your eye out for me in Las Vegas. You're an awesome dude. But come on, man. He, he cherry picked that fight. No, he did cherry pick that fight. Yeah, she's like, he has two belts. But if John didn't get popped, he'd be a number one. No doubt. When you look at the, 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 the young, like the young up-and-coming fighters, and, you know, we just recently had, uh, we saw Islam, uh, Makashev, we saw uh, Hamzat, Chemaev, and, and guys like those fighting. So I've been talking about wrestling, right? I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with wrestling now. And I know, like, a lot of these dudes have wrestling backgrounds. When you see dudes like that fight, do you now, as a fighter, is wrestling something you incorporate more into training? Or is it kind of one of those things like you just are who you are? Bodies make styles and stuff. Like, longer fighters are going to be better at some things than others. Um, I, need, I have to wrestle because I'm shorter. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have. We have a guy here that's a, uh, he's pretty much a judo black belt. And he wrestled in high school and stuff like that. And we learned a lot of wrestling from him. But when I went to Texas, that's whenever my wrestling really evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, everybody has to have a base of wrestling. Did you, was this where you trained when you were in college too, or no? Yeah, this is where I trained when I was in college. Okay, and was it, the, was it the same, was it the same type of spot? Because this spot's uh, huge, actually. Uh, it was, uh, like, like, come in, like, I, I love this room, yeah. right? Because this is kind of like when Rocky and Apollo went to, uh, the Super Hood gym, and, like, clearly they didn't have air conditioning in that gym, because everybody was super oily, and like sweaty and they were all staring at rock like this feels like that but like when i walked in you know like i felt good about it. like i felt like i could hit the mats you know and last 15 17 seconds yeah before yeah. getting tapped out like i felt really good about that and so did, has this gym just really been built up since that time and had, do you do you guys have like other fighters that fight pro or other dudes who are who are doing different things here this is the third gym that eric said um, we've moved as we got bigger and grown and grown right. and grown. Yeah, so we got a slew of amateur fighters, about four to five pros. We got one guy that does bare knuckle boxing. Um, we have a girl that does bare knuckle MMA. Now. Mm-hmm. We got a guy that's a heavyweight, three and oh, and the heavyweights are getting a lot of more attention on contender series quicker in their careers because heavyweight's such a Kind of a dry division. Well, know? not only is heavyweights dry, heavyweights, it's been hard for dudes to hold the belt. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's, been, it's been hard for somebody to truly reign. And you know, like, reigning is the thing now, right? Like, if you're going to mention GSP, it's about the reign, yeah. right? Anderson Silva, for his time, it's about the reign. John Jones is, is definitely about it. You know, even if we look at the light heavyweights and now Jan Bohovitz loses to Glover Teixeira, it's like, all right, how much is this belt going to change um, from person to person. And so, you know, you think about like different weight cuts and different sizes. How much do you weigh like walking around? I get up to about closer to 200 sometimes. Like, like when, you get to two, when you get to 200, do you look nasty? I look you know? fat. You look fat? Bad. And you let yourself get there though? Like you're not always. Like, you know, you're a trainer, you train people. Yeah. You know, like, is that the look, is that the look you want in your red traction shirt? And, and then you know you got to cut weight anyway. Yeah, so whenever I was like, before I hurt myself, I was sitting around pretty good. I was yeah. sitting pretty lean, but when I wasn't fighting, I'd, 
I definitely was being a little bit. Okay, so so when looking at that, you know, we were talking earlier. You have a fight coming up. What's weight cuts like? It depends on where you start. Um, I got a little bit. I actually put on a little bit of size whenever I wasn't. I tore my pec and I was like, you know, lifting lower body a lot more and stuff like that. So I did put on a little size. I did get a little fatter. That's just going to happen with an injury. Um, your first, I'm going to give it eight weeks. Your first seven weeks is all about diet. We're taking mass off the body. I'm going to get rid of some fat. You're going to lose a little muscle. Um, and, you know, calorie deficit, eating a lot of vegetables, eating, you know, a lot of protein, volumetrics, more food, less calories. Mm-hmm. Last week, totally opposite. And people think that's crazy. People think I'm crazy when I say that. Even guys that I'll do weight cuts for guys now still, like I'll advise their weight cuts. And when I tell them some of these things, they're like, that's not right. Right. I guarantee you it is. Um, I do pretty good weight cuts. You're a nerd. I'm a nerd. I've pulled 20 pounds off a guy in a week before. Um, 13 pounds. We've pulled. And y'all just cooking y'all food like Dan Olowski too, huh? No salt, no nothing. That's nothing on there. Just why would you eat that? Um, it's not even that important. How nerdy do you want me to get? Not super nerdy, not super because nerdy. I'm not smart enough to get it, and some of these people might be, but we were talking about the fact that you said the, to take salt mm. out of food, right? To not season food at all, to not buy chicken that's, that, that's in the pack that's not frozen. Mm. Like, all of those things, and, and when, you, when you're cutting weight, and when you make the weight, like, is that junk worth it? And if so, and if so, and if you think it's, and if you're able to cut it like that, why wouldn't you go to like 155 if you can, you know, like systematically and intelligently and nerdily, that's not a word, I know, yeah. get down. Why wouldn't you fight at 155? Because then you have the big advantage because now you bulk up on fight night and you taking people to the ground and just laying on them and winning. Like I talked to, Khab- to Khabib, bro. He's 197 right now and he fights 155. So are you just being soft? Like, is it like a... a I think I'm being a little. I think I need. I think I need to go to 55. Truly, but there's people around me that don't think I need to go to 55. <laughs> and early in my pro career, I don't think I need to yet. But I think I'm going to strategically go down. Really? I'm. I'm going to strategically go down. There's no doubt. You think? You think it'll help you in your pro career 100%. to go down? 100. Okay. I've only fought dudes that are six foot three. Let me fight somebody five nine, and I'm gonna piece them up. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, so, the, so the height is why you try to take the fight to the ground. You try to do those different things. Yeah. And so you've had, you've had two fights here, correct? To, since you came back. Since to I came fight. back, yep. Since you came back. And now you'll be making your pro debut. debut. Was one of those fights, the fight you told me, we talked about, uh, and Eric was talking about, like a dude does the walkout, everything's happened, and he decides he wasn't going to fight? Yeah. That was a lot. That was my last fight, pretty much, yeah. That's how, explain that, though. Like, how does that happen? How, does, how do you get to the actual fight night and dude just decides, you know what, tonight at the night, I'm cool. I don't know. I don't know how that happens. Um, apparently, it's happened again. They happen- same person? Same person. Um, I think there's like a health condition, actually. I think like there actually is something wrong like with his stomach or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, those nerves are tough. Nerves are tough and like everything hits somebody. And like, but that you got to have that. You got to have that when you get in a cage. You got to, no matter what, I made it to fight night. I weighed in. Everything's ready to go. You go in that cage, you better be ready to fight. Is there, but is there a switch though? Cause you kind of talked, you talked about, you talked about being passive. I told you you had crazy eyes, which I thought that meant that I had, that you thought I was crazy. 
is, is there a switch that you've clicked or that you can click when you get into the cage? Because, you know, I've seen you post all the time, you know what I'm saying? Can't beat crazy, this and that. But you've already admitted that you're like kind of a passive soul, right? So like, is there a switch that you can click into or a mode that you get into? Or are you truly just calm and strategically trying to beat this man that's across from you? Both, but yeah, there's a switch for sure. I think some people just are like always ready to go. They're gonna bang every time they fight. Um, I'm laying down in the back, chilling. Like I'm having, honestly, like some people are gonna stay in the back the whole time. They're gonna stay away from everybody and then the fight, they're gonna walk out and fight. I don't care about that. I don't care about making it look mysterious or whatever somebody's mm-hmm. trying to do. Right. I'll go talk to everybody. I'll go watch the fights. Cause honestly, I get a sense of the, cause if I don't do that, I'm gonna have an adrenaline dump and I'm gonna have too much at one time. Right. I get too stimulated. So I go kind of get a little bit of stimulation before I go fight. And I get enough to where I see a couple fights, I bring myself down, I lay down in the back till 30 minutes before the fight. I get warmed up when the walkout music turns on. And what is your, what's your walkout music? Uh, my Victory Lab by Nipsey Hussle. I am very proud of you, man. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna go from <laughs> my, the, the fight that really made me love it was Anderson Silva leaning back, getting knocked out by just this waving, oh, so mad. Punched by Chris Weidman to add to to Nipsey Hussle victory lap. You know what? I feel I feel better about your chances of winning these next fights uh, because you have great walkout music. How long can you keep that though? Like, does 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 walkout music has to have to change with the era? Or like, if you if you hear a new song that you really love, I mean, you change gonna, it up a little bit. You can know what you're doing, but no, you can keep it the song. Are you superstitious though? Are you going? I'm superstitious. There's a song I won't walk out to. What song is that? Sabotage by Beastie Boys. And I walk out to it. Did you lose? That's that the one you lost? Right. So I lost it. My second fight, I lost to that. Okay. My fifth fight, okay. I did not pick the walkout song. I didn't pick it. This is the fight I broke my hand. I'm walking out. Sabotaged by Beastie Boys. I'm like, shit. It's the only fight I've lost to. See, so you got your head though, bro. A little bit I did. <laughs> then I got going. I'm like, all right, I'm good. And then looking back, I lost that fight and broke my hand to Sabotage by Beastie Boys. And that's a great walkout song. But I cannot walk out to it. Honestly, if I'm going to another fight and they pick my walkouts on and they do that, I will walk back and say, change it. Yeah, I walk, I walk <laughs> hey, they'd be like, Johnny Smith has walked back into the locker room. Clearly, he does not want to fight two Beastie Boys. And then they're going to pick, uh, so tell me what you want, what you really want. Fine with it. Dude, so I want to say when I go to the, the Connor fight, uh, I want to say somebody, I can't remember what it was, but it was a, a song very similar uh, he knocks out Greg Hardy and drinks out of his shoe. Yeah, tattoo of awesome. After that, you know, and so I, was, I, I think that walkout music should be picked by the fighter. Mm-hmm. And after being picked by the fighter, it should also be something that you move to. It ain't got to be for everybody else. Yes. It, you know what I'm saying? It ain't got to be for everybody else. And so now when you think about, you know, you mentioned you put your career first. Uh, you're obviously trying to, um, you know, you're starting your your pro career. Is 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 this what you what you want to do? And do you feel like you you you'll get to a point to where you put your career on hold to pursue this? Yep, hundred percent. Um, I've never said that before. Uh, for the longest, I was like, this is a hobby. It's just what I love to do. And now, first off, as I mean, I I am interrupting. Getting punched in the face ain't no hobby, homie. I know. So let me just be straight. 
right? It's just a lot of things like I consider a hobby. You know, like I, uh, I don't have hobbies, actually. I read. It's not really a hobby. It's a necessity, right? So I don't go crazy and I can continue to learn. Uh, other than that, like hobbies are like golf. Golf is a hobby. It's also a sport, but golf is a hobby, right? Because you know what? If you, you can go golf anywhere, you know? Um, you know, some people like to work out as a hobby, right? It's, 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 it gets them feeling good. Some people knit, you know? Some people do puzzles, right? People, um, uh, people do crosswords and uh, play Sudoku, right? All of these things, Johnny, are hobbies, right? Getting punched in the face purposely and then allowing somebody to punch you again, that ain't no hobby, bro. So what do you think it, what do you think has to happen though for you to make this a career and not a hobby? I need to bust out a couple pro wins. I need to get like four and oh, five and one, five and oh somewhere. That's like, okay, it's right there. Like I can mm-hmm. grab this. There's guys getting into Bellator that are three. There's guys that debut in Bellator. Bellator, I mean, it's, Bellator's a weird market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Contender Series, and it's like, who are you fighting? Who are you fighting at the early part of your career? How are you doing it? How do you market yourself? Do you get to strategically pick who you're fighting? So for this upcoming fight that you'll have on Saturday, do you get to pick the, 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 the person you fight? Or is it, hey, I'm turning pro? But matter of fact, how in the hell does one turn pro? Like, do you get, get, to, get to decide I'm turning pro? Like, could I be, like, sitting here with you today? And could we go hit the mitts a little bit? Right? And I go, dang, Johnny. Like, that felt good, bro. I think I'm going to turn pro. Is that how it works? You can. Like, you literally can. Shut up. Yeah. But no one does that really as much anymore. They, but at first, you can just do it. But you have to, like, you take some pro fights. I mean, you take some amateur fights. You compile a good record. Right. And then your coach is like, hey, this is time for you to go pro. Like, you're good enough to do it. Right. You're not fighting three minutes anymore. Now you're fighting five. I can throw elbows. Okay, so yes or no. Okay, so every fight you've had to this point has been three. Three minutes and I can't throw elbows. So three minutes, three minutes rounds. Yeah. Okay. Three three, minutes, three minutes, three rounds, I'm saying. Now it's three rounds, five five minutes, minutes, and I can throw elbows. Oh, so it's the big boys now. It's it's definitely changed. Uh Yes. And so what you're saying is I could turn pro today, though. You could. Here we go. Hi, guys. I'm Ryan. What would be my fight name? I guess it has to be RC, man. Ryan, no, that's soft. Yeah, but like, sometimes I don't. If I'm just Ars Key, what would be my fight name? You know, help. He's my freaking creative director. <laughs> he can't think of a fight name. What is your fight? What is your fight name? All right, there's a joke with one, and it's probably going to be The Ticket. Um, Why would your fight name be The Ticket? You got, now, you, gotta, you've, you've, you explained your terrible top five list. So tell me why you'd be Ticket. So I tore my pack for my first pro debut, and I didn't get to fight. Okay. So I was at the fight watching the fight. Okay. So I was there with my team and everything, and I was walking in. I had a couple of drinks. Okay. I was, you know, <laughs> we're having fun. And uh, I walked into this, and I already had a wristband on anyway, so I don't know why they asked me. But they were like, hey, where's your ticket? I said, my face is on the ticket. Oh! And my face, yeah, my face is willing to take it. Big time. I know. Shut up. <laughs> oh, and so no wonder yeah. why you didn't want to help me training the people because your face <laughs> on the ticket. Guys, so someone at the gym has dubbed me the ticket. 
And you're like supposed it. to get your name kind of dubbed. Like you're not supposed to. Right. There's some people that make their they. My name's gonna be this. Right. No, you don't do that. Yeah, I think. Um, so I, I, I like the ticket. I haven't accepted it 100 percent yet, but I might roll with Johnny it. the Ticket Smith. That the rolls. It rolls a little bit. It rolls. Uh, my name's John Smith, so it doesn't help. But yeah, that's a that's a very bland name. Have to change it. Yeah, it's better than John Doe. It's better than John Doe. It's, uh, it's very, uh, we were the first inhabitants of North America-ish, for, for, for sure. But I like the ticket. Then you could just say, in fighting in the red corner, is it red corner or do they just say this corner? Like, I don't even know. It depends on what you mean. I'll be the red corner. Yeah, you, you'd be the red corner. And so, who, so the dude, tell me something about the dude you're fighting, though. Like, you nervous? Is he tall? Is he long? They're all tall and they're all southpaw. It never changes. Um, that should help you, though. Yeah, I mean, people get nervous about fighting Southpaws, and I'm never nervous about fighting Southpaws. It's, I don't think I've ever fought a guy that's not Southpaw. Maybe one guy. So Southpaws are normal for me. The whole angles and worry about being on the outside, it's never been a problem. He's a dude. From, he's a dude. That's what I said. But he's from the coast. He comes out of a smaller gym. He's a gamer. He'll fight. One of my is, he pro, is he a pro as well? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, this is first time being a pro. This is as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's good. I'm not really too worried about him at all, to be honest with you. I hate to say that. I'm not talking trash, but can you talk? But do you talk trash, or are you like scared to talk trash? I'm not right now. I mean, Johnny's thing is Johnny. You got to sell yourself, bro. Yeah. Like, like if you're gonna move up and fight Bellator and be like big time, dog. Like you can't go sit at the press conference and like just be chilling. You know what I mean? Right. What, right. Like, who's the dude you fight? What's his name? Carlos Talavera. You gotta See, be that's like, a good name. It's, Johnny it's, Smith's a terrible name. It's Carlos Talavera. What's his what's his fight name? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, you gotta be like, you know what I'm saying? You gotta be like Carlos the Smoke Talavera. More like Carlos the Choke Talavera. And it's either way you want it. It's either I choke you out or you choke when we get in a fight. Like that's how you gotta build a fight. Like, do you like come on? Like this is. I'm giving you an opportunity. This is gonna be this is gonna debut right right before fight day, and nobody gonna be excited about seeing John Smith, Rich. the I'm fighting good dude, <laughs> fight. You know what? I'm gonna be your manager, bro. All right. Yeah, like who's the dude that used to walk out with the Undertaker? Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer. <laughs> Paul Bearer. Okay. I'm gonna be. That. I'm gonna be your Paul Bearer, man. I'm gonna. Walk out super pale. It's hard for me to get pale, but for this job, I will attempt to get pale. I'm going to have my suit on, and I'm going to lead you out to the press conferences, and I'm going to talk for you the entire time. How many Colby videos have you been watching? Kobe Bryant videos? No, Colby. Covington videos. Oh, none. I don't like Kobe. <laughs> he sounded like him right there, bro. No, y'all, but <laughs> this is because, bro, I couldn't do the fight part. Yeah. I could do the promotions part. Let's get a though. contract right now. Right, like, like maybe I should just do all your press conferences for you. I could be your proxy, yeah. right? And then you just got to fight. So I'm going to talk you into getting punched in the face, but you're going to get punched in the face for us. I think that that's the way that this works, works out the best. And so let's say you, you win the next two fights, right? You win them, you win them in the way that you want to, like, what's the next step? Like, you talked about, okay, I got to win a couple of pro fights. Do you get to, do you get a manager that gets to promote you to, or gets to try to 
sell you to different promotions. Like how, like how does this even, I just don't, I guess I just don't get how it works. You know, like I know you as, yeah. like I met you as like Johnny Smith, who's going to be the head of performance at Traction Hattiesburg. You know what I'm saying? It's a really weird process that no one understands. And a lot of people that fight don't understand it. Um, so you do your first couple of pro fights and there's your regional scene. So like I'm fighting for Empire right. Biloxi. That's a regional uh, promotion. And then I'm fighting in Panama City for another regional promotion. When you and, fight in Panama, you fight, when you fight December in... December 4th. So you're basically going to take two fights in a month. In three weeks. In three weeks. And I might turn around in January and fight again. But one, what... Uh, Hamzat, uh, Chemayev, what he did that junk in 10 days. 10 days. Right? But, bro, like, you, you don't know what the first fight's going to be. Like, you don't know how you fare. You don't know if you're going limp to out limp out of the, the cage with, from calf kicks. or So is your, is, your, is your thought, I'm just so dang good that I ain't really tripping? I think I'll finish both these guys. Come on. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I bro, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have accepted the bro, fight, so I didn't think I was getting So out. here I am, I Chris Paul you, right? Yeah. I come down the court, I go between the legs, catch it with the same hand, I hit him with the sham guy, right? I dribble, I toss the ball by the rim, you catch it, come down to the ground, and pass the ball to somebody. You pass the ball to Smush Parker. You had an opportunity to get a slam dunk, and you go. One, I should have knew because your leg would cross. You go. Comfortable. I think I'm going to finish these. I think I'm going to no, finish both of these guys. These guys. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't have took those. I wouldn't have I picked, like you said, I picked the right fights. I know exactly what, who I'm good against, how it's going to go. Yeah. I will definitely probably finish both these guys within the first. I will <laughs> definitely. I try not to talk. Th- those, are like, those are like three different, those are like three different things. You know, it's like, I will, means yeah. it will happen. Uh, what else you said? Probably. Oh. That means you don't know. And then definitely, that means 100%. Which one? Come on. What's his name? Charlie Talavera. Charlie Talavera. Charlie, Charlie the Smoke Talavera oh. is listening to this. Right? He's going to watch this because he's trying to figure out what his opponent's going to do. He thinks you're scared now. Now he thinks you're going to be like the dude that had the bubble guts when you was going to fight him. And he said, I got the bubble guts. I can't fight. And then Eric talked him into fighting. And then you beat the dude anyway. And then Eric said, he's soft. He don't even want to be here. Johnny, go beat the piss out of him. Because that's also how I would be as a coach. I'd be... That's why you're a manager. I'd be the greatest MM coach. I, I would talk to everybody like Aspen Ladd's boyfriend talks to her. Because I, I think that that's what people need. I would be like... I'd be like Floyd's corner. They never give any good advice. They just be like, punch that motherfucker. All effort. All effort. Yeah. I think so. this, not this, against, I'm not against. I wasn't against Aspen Lad's corner. I wasn't against that. No. What, what do you think about? What do you? Does, does Eric do, do your corner? Yeah. What do, what do you think about coaching someone hard like that? Or do you think it's about filling somebody out and coaching them? and teaching them in the way that they need to in order to be as successful as possible? I think it just depends on who it is. Some people from my team need that. Some people need to be pushed. Some people don't have just like that. They don't wake it up. They don't get ready for it. Um, Some people have it. They're in there. Like we have a guy, Doug. Mm -hmm. You could literally just put him in the cage, walk away from a distance, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen every time. 
Dude just it, has that mindset. Is it because he's explosive or is just that even in coaching him, it's nothing's going to change really. Like he's just going to do what he does. He's going to do what he does. It's right, up. right. It's crazy. Like he's crazy. Right. And he's just going to go and the fight will literally play out the same every time and he's right. going to win. He wins. Doug's great. The number one training partner. And so what, what's he fight? 170. All right. So here's my question. Would you ever fight him? I don't want to fight Doug, but if it ever had to, we got to do it. So Kamar Usman says uh, recently, uh, he says if he, he wouldn't fight Israel Adesanya. He said he'd compete against Israel Adesanya and he just had to get paid a whole lot of money. Does it, the, the, does it change any, because it, you know, obviously you're at a point like where you're fighting amateur or just getting into pro. It's not like these huge pr- promotions where guys are talking crap and this and that. Do you think fights change if a guy may piss you off close to a fight or you get pissed off in a fight? Or is it kind of the mental battle to make sure you stay as, as locked in and as tuned in to your training and to what's happening in the moment in the, in the fight to help you, I guess, I guess in a way to, to, to help you succeed or to help you win? Because like my, my thing always is, and we were talking about it earlier, bro, like I just don't know if I would know what to do in a real prize fight if I got punched in the nose, right? Like, I get, if you, bro, I had a pimple in my nostril like three weeks ago and I tried to pop it and legit, bro, I felt like I got punched in the face by Mike Tyson. Like, I was crying. My eyes were red. My nose was big as hell. It's kind of big always, but it was big as hell. Like, just kind of, What's that mindset, bro, when, when you're in that cage and just going through the process of fighting? There's two different types of people. Someone's going to get hit in the face, and they're going to come after it, and they're going to go, and they're going to keep going until the fight's done. And then there's some people that are going to cower back, kind of like whenever you said about Megan Anderson got hit yeah. by Amanda Nunez. Like, she yeah. just ain't got it. Yeah. Like, some people are going to hit, and they're going to keep going. Right. But the Lauren Murphy girl got killed by Valentina Shevchenko, but she was still hanging in there. Like, right. She, she, she still wanted, she wanted to fight. She was trying to find a way to win. Right. And some people are going to find a way to, they're going to be losing the fight and they're going to keep trying to find a way to win. And sometimes they do. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about this sport is it doesn't matter. You can like, you have to solve that puzzle. And then some people are going to hit the face and that's it. Mm-hmm. You can just tell they're shut down. Like their momentum, their momentum is gone. Their confidence is gone and that's done. What does, what does getting hit in the face do to you? Like, is it okay? I need to change strategy. Is it, you know, uh, We've always talked about these people in the club, right? They get that liquid courage in them, and you like punch them in the face and like, ooh, I like that. Punch me again. I make Eric slap me before the fight. Before I get in the cage, Eric slaps me. So like, uh, <laughs> like uh, Big John Henderson that used to play tackle for Jacksonville would just get slapped in the face before the fight. It kind of, is that though, because that could be twofold, right? So like when I play ball, my thing was like, I would always like, early in the game, just hit somebody. Like, I don't even care if it was like a receiver coming to block. Like, I take off running, and if the, I see the play's over, I just go like, run my face into him, right? Or, or, or you just try to hit somebody or engage with somebody. Cause to me, it kind of got that first jitter out of the way of being touched. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't necessarily piss me off or like make me mad, but it at least made me be like, okay, you're alive, you're in it. Yes. You know what I mean? I didn't start doing that till my last couple fights. But I realized I didn't wake up till I got hit. Okay. I got hit. Okay, I'm going to live. This is not the worst thing ever. And honestly, you don't even feel that much because your adrenaline is just through the roof. It is the worst thing ever. <laughs> but if, 
air touches me up a little bit before I go out there, I'm like, I'm safe. I'm good. I'm not going to die. So I've seen Eric, uh, Eric Swole. Um, when we pulled up, my first thought was, Eric don't look like he can't fight, <laughs> right? You might need to get slapped by somebody else. You know what I mean? You, be, you fool around and go to sleep uh, fooling with Eric. And so your, what's your ultimate goal with this? Because, you know, like, like there are some things that people do just because they love it. You know, like I train people just because I love coaching. Mm-hmm. Like, period. I love it that much. Like, I don't care about feeding my family with it. I don't need to feed my family with it. It probably takes more of my time than it profits me. But I'm, in, I'm so in love with like passing down knowledge and coaching and teaching that I do it. Like I don't ever have to make a ton of money from it. With this for you, you know, you spoke about like the first time you ever got in, like that high was you were locked in right away, right? You, for, you know, you say like now you're finally starting to say that you'd put your career that you've built, right? And, that, and I'm going to be honest, that you're damn good at, right? So, so, so good you're sought after by other people that you'd put that on hold to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you come in here to train, is that the mindset you train with? Like, this is how one day I'm going to feed myself. Yeah. Um, you got to... At first, I was competing with others. You know, I was competing with my training partners around me and stuff, and that's whenever I would... If I got subbed in practice or something, it, like, kind of set me back. And then I realized, like, okay, you just need to get, you need to compete with yourself every day. And I got, I hit that next level when I started realizing that. Mm-hmm. I've gotten, just, the past year, I've gotten astronomically better than the first seven. Okay. But doing this for eight years, the past year, I've grown way more in the past year than I have in the first. Was it commitment to it? It was, it was commitment, but I mean, I also tore my pec. Like, I was not just here every day. Like, I was rehabbing stuff. Right. But that mindset of, like, and it's also because I get to train pro athletes. Okay. I treat this like a job. Okay. Like my like nutrition, my schedule. Like I, on Sunday, I'm like, All right, I got to do jujitsu this many times a week. I got to do this, this, this. When I go to my training, this is what I want to work on. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will just sh- show up to the gym. Like, what are we doing today? I'm thinking about that when I'm driving here. Mm-hmm. I know what I want to work on. I tell my coaches what I want to work on. We were talking about it before. Like my setup. I already have the setup for how I want to finish this dude. Okay. We know what it is. Oh, that's it's going to happen. Okay. Um, you got to treat it. You got to just be better than yourself every day. And I want to be the best version of myself. And I'm the best version of myself whenever I'm fighting. I think that's right. That's the, the, the total beauty of life, you know, um, to be at a space in life where you feel like you're the best version of yourself. Yeah. I think that's for, for athletes, right, who have reached certain like peaks or, or, or pinnacles, like that's why the rest of life is really hard. You know what I'm saying? Because if you feel like the best version of yourself is when you're playing football, right? You can't do that your whole life. And so eventually that has to pivot, which is coaching for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like when I'm most at home, when I'm most me, it's coaching. And like that, that's a that's a beautiful, beautiful place to be for you. But what happens if it doesn't, if it doesn't come? You know, like you are different than a lot of people, right? Sean Strickland said he'd be, I think, either cooking food or cooking meth if, if he didn't make it. Like, you're different than other people in the sense that you got something, right? Like, you got something to fall back on. Yeah. Like, does that, does that take away from the hunger 
any, any, you know, because I used to talk to Jordan, my son, and we used to go to these, these camps, right? And these other kids are from different situations than him, right? I told my kid way young when he started playing football because I didn't want him to stink and I didn't want him to be soft. I say, bro, you ain't got to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, daddy can pay for you to go to school. I've already put that away. If the bottom falls out, you can at least do that. You don't have to play this. But if you want to play this and you want to be good at it, you got to get the hunger that these kids have because they know they can't leave here without it. When you're fighting a dude like that, how do you know stepping into that cage that you've done everything you possibly could to be the best you possibly can because you do have a beat? Some dudes, these dudes have a beat. Yeah, um, it's a blessing and a curse having, like, I have a comfortable job. I make comfortable money. You know, I get pay for, you know, some, a lot of the stuff I need. I got better food to eat than some of these guys. Mm -hmm. They also train more than me, so that yeah. helps them. Uh, but I don't train, you know, I don't train for the money. I don't really care about the money. The money is not a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't talk to the people I talk to whenever, like, they, even though it's not that much money right now, but I'm right. negotiating contracts. I'm not like, Hey, you're gonna pay me this much. Pay me this much. You know, right. they don't care about that. Um, really for the love. It's man. a mental thing for me. Okay, like, I really didn't have like a lot of. That's a mental so issue. Like, you say, you say fighting's a, men a mental thing for you. It helps my mental. Okay. Um, I just wasn't living right. I wasn't living. My anxiety was through the roof. Um, probably in Colorado, I went through like a state of depression. I would say, like probably a little bit. Um, just from where you just just being out there, like different part of life. Wasn't living how I should have been. Wasn't taking care of myself. And just when I'm fighting, like, me and Mac talked about that. He was like, you know, I, you know, he won't worry about me. Am I spending too much time fighting? And I was like, whatever I'm not fighting and I'm not training, that's when you need to be worried. Mm -hmm. You know? It just, it gives me structure in my life. And I have to have structure. Mm -hmm. I have to have structure. And I'm a different person. Like, I don't really talk about family a lot. Like, I don't, I don't aspire to have four kids, mm -hmm. and, you know, wife and all that. Like, that's not... It's nothing I really think about. Mm -hmm. I want to be successful in like whatever I have to do to be the most successful in my life. Being that if fighting keeps me more successful to be better in my career, then I have to do that. Mm -hmm. And I just want to be best compete with myself every day, be more successful. And so, so I'm just different than people in that way. Well, we started this by talking about how we met. So I guess my last question is this. It's twofold. I have a twofold question. Okay. Here's number one. How close to you were you? How close to it were you to punching me when we met? And had you punched me, how do you see the fight playing out? About three seconds from the punch. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, uh, man, you're a big guy. You ain't small. <laughs> uh, I was like, all right, dude, Ryan, if this has to go, put him on his ass and put him on the ground. <laughs> There's no way I'm just gonna like let him hit. Me. But, uh, yeah, I was, uh, bro. That was that was the crazy thing. You know, because I've almost been in fights in there multiple times because my personality is the personality that people want to fight me sometimes. And uh, I was thinking about that afterwards. I was like, shoot, I wonder if he like, got me to the ground. Like, what would happen? I, I think I just would have just held you like real tight until like somebody grabbed you. But here was would have been the problem. I, with my very limited knowledge of mixed martial arts, not knowing that you had any knowledge of mixed martial arts. It came for the hit, son. You know what I'm saying? I would have thought I just could whip, whip you. Yeah. You know, so I'd be like, oh, yeah, like we're on the ground. I could just like get him in an arm bar. <laughs> and stuff I'm not, I can't really do, yeah. I would have tried because on normal humans, that would work. So here's what I'll say. Thank you for coming on the show. 
Also, thank you for not punching me and taking me to the ground. Uh, best of luck, man, in your two fights in one month. Uh, we'll check back in. Yes, sir. My dog. Appreciate it. Yep. Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me, looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favorite. Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB Precision, television, they ain't asked for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back, caught.